Welcome. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Welcome, magic folk, to This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. This is episode 38, and here for this lovely episode, we have JB. Is it 38? I thought it was 37. The show notes say 38, and I believe the show notes. Okay, we'll go with that. Next to him, we have Danny Oakstead. What's up? And then you got me, Matt Olson. And we are this no, week in MTG. No, we're not. We're just three schmucks with microphones. I do like that. If we ever, if we ever decide to brand out and make like T-shirts, three three schmucks with microphones, perfect. It should be hashtag three schmucks with microphone. Yes. Oh my gosh! There we go. There's there. That's going to be the name of whatever new segment we come out come up with. That's what it's going to be titled. Well, clearly, then we all need to be in on it. Anyways. Yeah, we would all need to be in one place, god damn it. <laughs> we're t- With the single microphone that we're all using. Yes. And we all just speak into the same microphone. Exactly. We just pass it along. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. We Let's get do this. Hang that microphone. This way we can't talk over each other. Oh, man. Before we deviate too far, let's break mm-hmm. down what's going to mm-hmm. happen this episode. We're going to talk about some... Past weekend event results, which was the CFB showdown. Going to dive into the meat and potatoes. And in the meat and potatoes, there's a lot of new cards that got revealed. Holy man. (laughs) After the meat and potatoes, we're going to jump into the weekly finance update. And then as always, after that, we're going to close off with a deck of the week. Let's talk about this last weekend results, the CFB Pro Showdown which was an event uh, specifically for anybody who is a CFB Pro member. And there is a $1,000 of credit online that could get doubled when you when the winner won the whole thing. And if they, uh, they played against the end boss, LSV, and if they beat LSV, they would have doubled it. Unfortunately for our winner of the whole CFB Pro showdown, uh, Mr. Hadouken, as on Arena... He did not beat LSV, but the deck that he was using was a very stock Jeskai Luka deck, leading into uh, casting Agent of Treachery and stealing permanents. Surprised? I'm not. But he was beat by LSV, who was running a non-companion Team of Reclamation deck. Now let's talk about some uh, BNR updates. This week's banned and restriction information comes from Magic Online's Twitter page. Due to issues with distant memories, it has been banned from Modern, Legacy, Vintage, and Commander until we deliver a fix. Thanks for bringing this issue to our attention. Yeah, this ban happened on May 22nd, and the bug that distant memory has, uh, the issue with it is when your opponent casts it, the card, uh, so distant memory, you know, I should probably have that pulled up. That way I can read what distant memory is. Verbatim. Yeah, you should. Verbatim. Because it's important. So distant memories is blue, blue, two, sorcery. Search your library for a card, exile it, then shuffle your library. 
any opponent may have you put that card into your hand. If no player does, you draw three cards. So how this worked is your opponent would ramp up, cast Distant Memories, they choose a card, priority then would be passed to you, but when priority got passed to you, you as the player would not be given the option to decide whether or not to put that card in their hand, and then your clock would run out and would make an automatic loss for you for no response. And there was apparently a guy that was going around on Twitter that was bragging about this deck saying for this weekend uh, that if you want to be winning, use this deck. And all it was was to ramp out, cast distant memories, and bug the win. If I'm not mistaken, he did say that when he was playing, uh, not sure if it's true, but he said that he was able to go 46-0 and 0 with this. So that's that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a That's a really big deal. But from the BNR, let's jump into the news. As always, we start off the news segment with our blogatog of the week. So this blogatog was brought to us by user Old Tumble Home. They asked, "If you could wave a wand and color shift one ability without needing any buy-in from anyone, what ability would you personally choose?" Maro replied back. Straight up tutoring would be mono blue and not mono black. I think that's cool to know. Tutoring just straight up mono blue. Imagine if Vampiric Tutor was Wizard's Tutor. I'd be a happy blue mage. So from there, we jump into the news quickies. We have a few of them. So coming up, we've got Channel Fireball's buy list bonanza. So you can sell your cards on their buy list till the end of June. And they're offering five giveaways each week and four grand prizes at the end to cap it all off. And they're also including a 30% bonus if you choose store credit. So it looks like they're grand prizes. And for every $10 of value in cards you sell, you get one entry into the grand prize drawing. Same goes for the weekly giveaways during that week time period. Um, So it looks like the grand prizes are going to be an unlimited Black Lotus. Uh, full play sets of the Shocklands, a booster case of Icoria Lair Behemoth, and a booster case of Core 2021. Talk about ridiculous. Yeah. Can I get the Black Lotus, please? Start. And it also says if you sold cards to them in May before this was announced, that they'll go back and add you to the pool of entries. Nice. Yeah. So the weekly prizes here, they've got uh, Secret Lair Ultimate Edition, which is the enemy colored Fetchlands, one booster box of Ikoria, one booster box of Masters 25, one booster box of Iconic Masters, or $100 in Channel Fire Ball Store credit. And those are going to be weekly. We're not sponsored by Channel Fireball or anything, but Jesus, it's just good to know that this seems like too good of a deal to be true. Ah, exactly. Just for selling your cards. I mean, that, that's legit. Oh man, they're buying normal Ashiok Nightmare Weavers for five dollars and twenty cents for in-store credit, and I bought mine all for five bucks, so I get twenty cents more if I sell it to CFB for credit. Well, and on top of that. You're getting the 30% bonus, but if you're a pro member, you get 35% bonus. That is true. 
I don't know the small numbers when it comes to 35% off of $5.20, but I imagine maybe just an extra cent or something like that. So $5.21, all the money counts. It's an extra 25 cents. Hey, it adds up. Oh, that is that 25 cents is significant, especially when you're selling a bunch of singles. Next in the news quickies, we have an FNM at home this Friday, the 29th is going to be the cascade event. And how that works is just like the typical cascade mechanic. You cast a spell, you cascade off of your top of your library for a spell with CMC less than the, the CMC of the spell you're casting and you put it into play or you cast it. You might have to play it. It's not like I'm doing anything for the next eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you bum. <laughs> Speaking of Friday Night Magic, so I carry a quick drafts. Start the 29th also. Other thing to keep in mind if you're looking for something to do, do a quick draft. Only downside is their phantom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next up, we got the Mana Trader series. So Mana Traders is starting a tournament series. I think we've touched on this before. Um, every month, they're going to hold a tournament with a $15,000 prize pool. 12 months a year. It's all free to enter. Open to everybody. You don't need a Mana Traders account. Pretty good payout. If you're a Mana Traders subscriber, and you take first, you get $5,000. That's nothing to shake a stick at, guys. Nah. For a free entry. So, uh, JB, you got a Mana Traders account. Yes, I do. Are you going to be participating in these? You darn right I am. Oh, man. JB wins and gets the 5K. He's going to be getting our shirts of three schmucks in a room. No, we'll be getting play mats, man. <laughs> Both. Start with the play mats first, man. Okay, well, Small, that's fine. Baby steps. Baby steps. <clears throat> baby steps. I think it's a hashtag three schmucks with mics. No, it'll be our sweet new surprise that we're going to unveil here. In a few months. In a few months, yeah. Ooh. So what's next on the list, guys? This one we're just going to cover really quickly. There's a big, big clamor in the Magic Online community about a prominent Magic player named Austin Bursevich. The whole thing with this is Austin Bursevich recently has been banned from all organized play because he disclosed some information. So Austin was like the whistleblower for all this stuff. When asked by Wizards, Austin, when asked by Wizards about who his source was from the MPL, because it was a source from the MPL that he heard this from, Austin did not disclose who that was, and so Wizards banned him from everything. And this is a a big hot topic going on right now, because definitely one of the biggest things that they're talking about is Wizards has no care for the integrity of high-level competitive play if this is something that they're doing, that they're feeding the MPL members all this information ahead of anybody else. Yup. But good on that guy for not saying anything, because snitches get stitches, you know. Yeah, I hope this shines a light where it definitely should be. Uh, but really, that's all we're going to cover about it right now. This is all information from a day, and everything's still developing, and we don't want to be putting out Especially, well, something like this significant, I believe. Uh, we don't want to be putting out false information. But stick with us, and we will do our best to update you when things come to this. Well, 
that kind of like was a big topic and stuff. So let's just say we're in the news and move on to some happier news. Danny, lead us, lead us off with this happy news. I wonder what this happy news could be. Such happy news. So this was announced last week on the 21st. But we are now, or Wizards is coming out with a new Masters edition called Doubled Masters. Insert parade, awesome music noise. So you're still going to have your normal 24 packs per uh, Masters box, but in these 15 card booster packs, you're going to have two rares and two folk foil cards per pack. And yes, those foils can be up to two additional rares. You'll have two non-foil borderless showcase box toppers included in each booster box also. These are available in English, French, German, simplified Chinese, and Japanese. So you're getting 332 cards for price. All reprints. $299.99. That is if you order pre-order today on Amazon, which we'll have a link in description below. But there's actually quite a I like they have uh doubling seasons has been released or previewed with two new prints or two new arts. And not to say I like the dinosaur one. Yep, that's the box topper, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep, that's one of the ones that you get is box topper. It's very adorable. You got two like little dragons hatching out of eggs. Mm-hmm. Very cute. And then there's the running and the screaming and the dying. Can, yeah. Can can I talk about this next reprint in, in Double Masters? I, don't I guess. You do you, man. Oh, man. I'm totally talking about this. Because, go ahead. Come on, Link. Open up. There we go. <laughs> oh, no. It didn't open up. You son of a bitch. One of the other cards that they're reprinting is Blightsteel Colossus. Yep. And as an Infect player, I totally appreciate that. Yep. And a few other ones that they have released so far are Atraxa, Preorder's Voice, Kalia of the Vast, and Mana Crypt. All with an all with new art on their borderless box toppers. Yep. I do like Kalia. Kalia's borderless art looks pretty sweet. It does. It looks so good. All these arts so far, amazing stuff. And I'm excited to see what else is to come. So, uh, JB, you had a prediction about one of the cards you think is going to get printed in this master set. Remember what it was? Oh, um, doubling cube. Yeah, doubling cube. It makes thematical sense. Because one of the things with uh, doubling season, they said it would make sense for us to print doubling season in the double master set. 
And what was the other one? Because you, you did have two. I had two? Is a while ago. He doesn't remember. He's getting old. No, this was like what? Just like a day or two ago? Yeah. Again, that was a while ago. You're getting old. <laughs> yeah, do you remember what it was, Matt? I do. Because I don't know. Anointed procession was what you called. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because that doubles your tokens. Mm-hmm. Look at me having an old person brain fart. I <laughs> need Catherine's Crusade then along with it. Catherine's Crusade would be a solid reprint in there as well, too. It would, because those two go hand in hand. For for those who play white or mono white. Do you think things like Zendikar Resurgent or Marari's Wake would also be getting printed in here? I don't think Zendikar Resurgent. That's been printed a lot in Commander products, so Marari's yeah. Wake. Rise Wake, yeah, that would be a good one. A new version of it, because when was the last one? Um, Marari's Wakes had a bunch of pro, uh, a bunch of printings. Commander Seventeen was the last one. So that wasn't that long ago, but three years now. Yeah, and but it just takes one. And all the printings are about twenty bucks. Less than twenty bucks. Eighteen yeah. twenty eighteen twenty five for the Commander twenty seventeen one. Conspiracy, you can get it for sixteen fifty. The Commander Arsenal is twenty one dollars. The Pro Tour promo is thirty five. And then if you get the original judgment, you can get that for sixteen fifty as well. That one would be a good one too. I don't know. I am really excited that they're doing masters again. Like three hundred and thirty two reprints. This is going to be really good stuff. Yeah. It's a good way of doing Masters is bring back the old good ones. They're going to be reprinting clones, like some some of the best clones. What if they do um, Phantasmal Image? A reprint of that. Or they could do a reprint of uh, Evil Twin as well. Blender Twin. No, no, Evil Twin. Well, yeah, but they could do Splinter Twin. They could do Splinter Twin. They could do Splinter Twin. It's not it's not restricted to modern legal cards. <gasps> Maybe they're going to reprint Splinter Twin and then unban it, and it can be yeah. in modern. That's where I was going with it. Oh, JB, you evil genius. You foresee this. Okay, you heard it all here, folks. JB is saying that Splinter Twin is getting unbanned this year. And a reprint. Danny, did you uh, say what day this is going to be getting released? I believe I did, but you cut me off. It, it is being released <gasps> August 7th. I am such an asshole. <laughs> yes, you are. <clears throat> but like I said, um, we'll, have a, we'll have a link in the description of one way of pre-ordering this Double Masters box. Um, so yeah, look down below. Before we move on, would you guys buy a full box for 300 bucks? Probably. Maybe. Because you think about it, you're getting, what, 48 rares? Yeah. You're getting 40, with potential to oh. get more, because those foils could be rares as well, they said. You think about it, you're getting the rare value of two booster boxes. For in one box for three hundred dollars. 
one box of Masters, like, what's the lowest? It was like, what, $130 for a box of, what was the cheapest Masters? Iconic, I think. And I think they're right around that 160 180 So, even that. Or or box of Ikoria is $130. 120 I think, right now. So, yeah. double that's 240 So, for an extra $60. Yeah. For, master, for basically two Masters boxes, you're getting it for $300. Why wouldn't you? Right. Especially if they're going to be reprinting, like, big money cards like this. Because... Blightsteel Colossus is an $80 card. Doubling Season yep. is a $60 card. Yep. Mana Crypt, er, Mana Vault, which Mana, Mana Crypt. Mana Crypt? Mana. Yep. Because I I saw an, um, a statement on that is uh, the wording for the flavor text of Mana Vault or Mana Vault. Where is it? Mana Vault or Mana Crypt? Mana Crypt. Sorry. Okay. You get back down to it. Okay. For Mana Crypt, the flavor text on the new one says, At first, they thought the vault was empty. Then the walls began to glow. Are you leading into a conspiracy theory here, Danny? I don't know. But people are flipping out over this one. At the fact that it says vault. Oh, I see what you mean. So it's just one of those weird things like, no, it's mad crypt. So why does it say vault when it's not a vault? But <sighs> magic players are picky. That was something I saw and I can't remember where I saw it. But I was like, hmm, makes sense for the argument, but I don't know. Right. Well, the fact so, that. that- again with the value of this card like the mystery booster box version of this is $122 and yep. the eternal masters is $150 yep. they're putting value in this in, in this set and I'm really excited to see like what other value cards they're going to put in because if they put in a Marari's Wake that's you know 16 to $20 which you commander players want fork? what was that? I think they'll reprint Fork Forks on the reserve list. They ain't reprinting fork. Dang. That would have been cool, though, with the whole doubling. You're copying shit, you know? It would be. I think they would totally have um, reverberate, twin cast as options as well. Double cast. Double cast. Uh, oh. What, what, what was your mage you had? Uh, dual caster. Dual caster yeah. mage. That one. It'd be very flavorful. All the all, there's so much, there's so many possibilities of cards that they could reprint with this. What'd you say? Spark double. Oh my god! Reprint spark double already. <laughs> Flavor wise, I mean, I mean, sure, I'll give you that. So let's move on to the next new printing of cards. We have a whole new series of. Secret Lair drops coming out. <laughs> I mean, clearly JB is not enthused by this, but I'm enthused by this. So today, Wizards, not just Wizards, but a bunch of other content creators and stuff had special chance to announce these cards. So for five days, starting in a week, right? 
The first is next Monday already, right? Oh my god. Next Monday, they're going to be starting the Secret Layer drop all throughout the week. June 1st is going to be full sleeve the tattoo pack, which has five, five cards with fresh style art tattoo or tattoo art style cards. Those cards are Spell Pierce, Blood Artist, Eternal Witness, Pithing Needle, and my favorite, Ink Moth Nexus. You're, you're, with this one, you're also going to be getting a arena sleeve code for Pithing Needle. And then you get to redeem uh, one non-foil copy of each card in MTGO with this when you buy this on July or on June 1st. 9 a.m. Pacific time. The June 2nd, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Yep, 24 hours to put this, to, to get your orders in on these. For $29.99. <clears throat> so next up, the one after that we have, Can You Feel with a Heart of Steel? And this one's going to be available June 2nd from 9 a.m. to June 3rd at 9 a.m. It contains foil alternate art walking ballista, an alternate art foil arcbound ravager and a foil alternate art dark steel colossus and you also get a code to redeem a card sleeve with the secret layer art for arcbound ravager on arena and you get a code to redeem one copy non-foil of each card on magic online and this one is priced at $39.99 slightly confused why this one is $39.99 with three cards in it Walking Ballista. Yup. It's just because Walking Ballista? Walking Ballista itself is just under $30. Rough. Yup, yup. So following up that set, on June 3rd, we have The Path Not Traveled. Comes with four Planeswalkers, all foil alternate arts. We have Ajani Sedfast, Dami Raid, Tamio Field Researcher, and Veraska, Golgari Queen. Well, also, along with these packs, you are also going to redeem a card sleeve base on the Secret Lair Drop Ajani Steadfast card for MTG Arena. And you're going to get one non foil copy of each of these cards on Magic Arena for a price of $39.99. Moving on to the next set on June 4th is a set that I just might go and buy, actually. We have four different foil alternative arts of my favorite single drop card that everyone hates that doesn't play red is the Lightning World. These arts are pretty sick. Two of them are, yeah. The one has a bear being executed. One has a dragon being executed. And it looks like the fourth one's like a zombie being oh. executed. Right, some and humanoid. A mountain with a blue lightning strike. But either way, these things look sick. Um, you're going to deem these or get these for $29.99. I just might do it. But lastly, Matt, what's the last set? Oh man, the, the tough word. Ornithological studies. Oh shit, I think I did it. <laughs> did. Good job, Matt. 
This what one is. What is that study of? Birds. Yes, it is. Boom. I just know that because of the pictures. <laughs> hey, this one can go with the the mountain go. Get both of them. You can bolt your bird all day long. Bolt the birds. So this is going to be from June 5th from 9 a.m. to June 6th at 9 a.m. And in here, you're going to be getting an alternative art of Baleful Strix, Birds of Paradise, Dovescape, Gilded Goose, and Swan Song. The sleeve that you'll be getting is of Birds of Paradise on Arena. And then like all the other ones, you're going to be getting one non-foil copy of each of these cards in Magic Arena. This one is also for $29.99. Magic Online, Matt. Not Magic Arena. Magic Online, MTGO. My bad with that last part. That's what happens when you speak fast. Yeah. Yep, yep. And a bonus. If you want to get all five of these packs, you can buy it for a price of $169.95. And you can technically buy the Super Bundle anytime between June 1st and the 15th. And then with that, you also get one, read em, one enemy fetch land, which is of the uh, Secret Lair Ultimate Edition printings with those yep. alternative oh. arts. Honestly. Sweet. No, Mr. Kitty. Might just have to go buy the entire set. Right? For 165 you get one of each. And honestly, all of these are perfectly fine cards that I would buy. So yeah, 21 cards you'd get for 179. And yeah, no. I think I'd I think I'd probably do this. This would be the this would be the uh the secret layers that get me uh to buy. Yeah, it's it's not overpriced. No, it seems just just right for all these cards and stuff that you're getting. Mhm. Especially those lightning bolts. I'm I'm right there with you, Danny. Those lightning bolts are really good. But I'm definitely more excited for the Ink Moth Nexus in the full sleeves, the tattoo pack one. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Oh, it's so good. I was talking I was talking with my wife and I was like, I totally get this tattooed on me. There, now you got your design. Just buy the card and get it. <laughs> From there, we also had the May Magic Arena State of the Game update. Okay, so how we're gonna break this down? Who wants to talk about? Just mention the historic anthology getting done, cube draft coming, uh, cover over the magic or the arena open. Then, because we already like hit it up last week. Yeah, we talked about like all these last week, right? But now this is just finalized. Okay, so yeah, maybe. We'll, I'll just do a quick run through then, make it quick, because we're already eating a lot of time. There you go. So next, we have the Magic Arena State of the Game, which is now official. Uh, we talked about a lot of this stuff last week. Just to kind of brush over it real quick, Historic Anthology came out, had a bunch of awesome cards, including 
Ulamog, Diseases Hunger, and Phyrexian Obliterator get printed and oh, uh, put into the game. Uh, Swan Song as well. Also, Cube Draft is a thing now. The cube consists of 555 cards pulled from MTG Arena history, which goes as far back as Ixalan up to current Ikoria Lair of the Behemoths and the Historic Anthologies. Then we have the Arena Open, which is Magic's first foray into competitive pr uh, cash prize games on Arena through Wizards themselves, where if you make it to Day 2, you have a chance to win up to $2,000. With a bunch of other rewards. Mind you, there are also fine prints for those ones. Like, you have to be 18 years or older to participate and then you have to follow regional eligibility restrictions. Um, and then all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anything involved money, you definitely got to be careful with things, especially when you're speaking of $2,000. Taxed. Yep. Uh, Brawler's Guild Hall will continue to have no entry. Uh the event is currently running up into July 1st still. They're saying goodbye to their 32-bit client, and it will be upgraded to their 64-bit client in June with the release of Core 21, which means that they're one step closer to having Arena on Max because they said they needed a way for their 64-bit client to be able to put it out on Mac OS. You're able to get output logs now. Uh, there's... Uh, with output logs, if you're able, if you're doing that before, better pay attention to this part here. Uh, quote: We're doing some behind the behind the scenes work, which means there will be two changes to your output logs. First, it's super important to note that the file name is changing from output under output underscore log dot txt, changing it to player dot log. Uh, then you'll also have a convenient player dash prev dot log as well but it only saves one previous copy so for all you guys with programming jargon <laughs> that i do not have might be able to understand that a little better and then they had some quality of life and bug updates as well uh, they have a new option of view the battlefield at the end of the match so you can look at the end of the game board state Yeah, we already talked about that earlier on. The next workshop as well, which we should probably mention here, is going to be June. Yeah, right? Because this one ends by the time. Current workshop is going to be ending here, Heirlooms of History. The next one is starting June 6th through the 4th, which is Heroes of Akoria. Historic is still going to be a thing that you can play. Because uh, it's permanent now. Ranked Historic is now permanent. You don't have to wait for that to show up at all. Yay! Woohoo! People definitely ever play. People online have definitely been enjoying Historic a lot. Getting the card selections like the 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 meta is very open in there, from my understanding online, and I have not played it. I've been doing better in the Historic ladder than I have in the Standard ladder. Really? Mm-hmm. 
standard, I've been just getting wrecked. I feel you. So if I told you the other day, I played like 10 to 12 games and only won two. <laughs> I was yeah. demolished. Huh. For all your listeners out there, we kind of have our we have our on and off days with magic, just like everybody else. We're just like you. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it, Matt. We suck. <laughs> no, don't say that because then they might not want to listen to us anymore. Please listen <laughs> to us. We're 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 good. We know we know deck ideas. That closes out our news section. From there. Let's jump into the finance section, which is always from MTG Stocks, which is an amazing site to be able to check the current prices of any card in Magic's history. They have a convenient little graph uh, showing its fluctuations. Also in the description, it talks about the all-time high, all-time low, also shows all the prices for the different printings and stuff. Really great site. They also, every week, have an article called their weekly winners which we read from and in their weekly winners they have three to five cards that they that the writer peter wants to inform everybody about that is showing significant increases since last week and then also at the end of the article they have three to five uh cheap pickups of cards that have lost significant value in the last week so let's just jump into the first card which is Complicate. Complicate is a card from Odyssey, which is blue two instant counter target spell unless its controller pays three, and it has cycling of blue two. When you cycle Complicate, you may counter target spell unless its controller pays one mana. I'll give you guys one guess why this has been moving up in price. EDH? Yeah. Any reason why, JB? Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's certain, uh, you know, cycling deck. Oh, yes. Cycling deck's been out, and but it's, it's been shown, at least in standard, a three-mana a three mana counter spell that has uh, the mana leak, man, mana leak ability on it. It's pretty good. Really throws your opponent off. And then if you can cast this for zero with Gavi Nest Warden for your first time, like just a, a free mana leak. Number two on the list is Primordial Hydra. It is now sitting at a $39.88 price point. It has increased 260.9%. As of the 21st, it was only at 1190 And as of... Friday the twenty second. It is now, like I said, sitting at thirty nine eighty eight. Um, just like the number one winner, um, this guy had spiked due to one of the new commanders, Ex- Zaxterra, or how do you say it? Zaxera the exemplary. What Matt said. <laughs> So with the, the card reads, whenever you cast a spell with X and its mana cost, create a zero zero green Hydra creature token, then put X plus one plus one counters on it. 
Primordial Hydra is X green green, where it enters battlefield with X one one counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of one one counters on Primordial Hydra. As long as Hydra has Hydra has trampled, as long as it has ten or more plus one plus one counters on it. The big thing with these Hydras is that you're pretty much getting two Hydras when you cast one. <laughs> yeah, with this new commander, yes. But then below this on the list, it's showing on different hydras do the same thing. Life, like lifeblood hydra, whereas X green green green. Um, hydra enters battle with X one one counters on it. If you die, if it dies, you gain life and draw cards equal to its power. You have um, ferocious hydra. This card I've been, this card I played in my mono green. Uh, historic deck on um, this Riosha's Hydra enters battle with X1 run counters. When it enters, you choose one of the two, double the number of 1 run counters on it, or it fights target creature you don't control. And then you have Protein Hydra, where it's X1 green. Again, enters with the X1 run counters on it. Damage will be dealt, you prevent it, move that many 1 run counters from it. It's a good. Blocker, if you can continuously put one ones on it. So, and speaking of that, read the last step. Whenever one one counter is removed from Hydra, from Protein Hydra, put two one one counters on it at the beginning of the next end step. Brutal. But yeah, those are just different Hydras. But yeah, Protein or Primordial Hydra, a 261% increase. It's a lot. Yup. I think I have two of them. Sell them up. No, they're too good for EDH. But if you sell them to Channel Fireball, you could get entered in for four, four and maybe four entries. Eh, three for sure. Three entries. I don't know what there would be by listing Primordial Hydra at, but I imagine it would be over no. 30 bucks. Probably half cost. So what's next on the list, guys? Got Taiga, seeing a 37% increase, now at $204. This one is seeing its increase just of being a reserved list card because Taiga doesn't have much competitive play as compared to the other old dual lands. Uh, so Taiga is uh, one of the old dual lands that is a forest and a mountain and can tap for green or red and is able to be fetched out with fetch lands makes it very valuable but it's one of the cheaper ones and this really says that people are looking to buy into the reserve list market on cheaper on the cheaper end because reserve list is just a good place to park your money yeah because you're never going to lose your value right. nothing you're just going to gain for sure a couple cards that uh, Peter also posted up on here uh, in the same realm of being on the reserve list and moving up in price we have Grim Monolith. Uh, they also have Sliver Queen moving up in price, moving to $169. Another dual land, they have Savannah, uh, another one of the cheaper end cards. Time Spiral. I got a Time Spiral. This is cool seeing that this is moving up to $92. Man, yeah. Uh, 
this is just this is just going to show you people who receive that stimulus check they are they are hedging on the side of cashing out on big reserve list cards because you you buy a couple tigers you buy a couple grim monoliths especially grim monolith right now i don't know if they're really just cashing out more like investing wisely right they hold on to it until that's not what the uh, stock market does these things are still going to hold their value oh 100 percent. so hey i'll put my put your money in like physical items that the value is not going to deteriorate rather than just oh, I'm going to buy a stock and then hope like hey I gain money before I lose it all yeah when you got cards like these like Sliver Queen see this is one cool thing about uh, uh, MTG stocks is like looking at the graph back in 2018 you could get a Sliver Queen for about just under 40 bucks and then just as dominaria came out it spiked up to 80 dollars seven 80 dollars just 70 dollars and then it like stayed pretty steady and then war of the spark came and it jumped up to 200 dollars like overall the whole curve of this deck or the, the curve of sliver queen has been moving up so it just shows like if you're able to buy in at a reasonable price these reserve list cards are going to be going up but we are not a reserve list podcast no, we are not. So I passed the mic off to JB there to give us our cheap pickups. Woo, because I'm a stingy bastard. <laughs> you are. You make so much fun of Danny for being a whale. Yes, I do. <laughs> As I showed him my mocks of diamond. <laughs> my head over here. Did you have a, almost have a heart attack there, JB? A little bit. That's a that's like a car payment right there. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> Makes my wallet hurt just looking at it. So first up on our cheap pickups, we have Ashiok Nightmare Muse sitting at $6.65. Record low and bottoming out. So yeah, if you want to pick up this sweet card, pretty cheap. Next up, we have Nahiri the Harbinger. $5.17, record low, bottoming out also. I can't remember where I saw, but I saw a post somewhere about this card, wondering why it wasn't um, why it wasn't played more. What are your guys' thoughts on that? You think this should be a more played card? Uh, if maybe if it was one mana cheaper. Ah, uh, no, for four mana, it's pretty good still. But it's just the fact that it's... Okay, so it's a four cost. So play it turn four. Turn five, turn six, turn seven would be your soonest you could alt it. That is, if it wasn't attacked, you had block, it was a block, whatever. So turn seven is the first time you could alt it for negate. And you'd lose her then. Okay, so with negate, you search the library for an artifact or creature card, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle the library. It gains haste, returns to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Also, that negate isn't that good. Unless, unless you have that win con in your deck somewhere that you're just waiting for. <laughs> but, but by turn... By turn seven, though, in most formats, 
you should have already won the game. Well, I mean, there's ways to get this out a couple turns quicker if you have Simeon Spirit Guides to be able to, you know, on turn three instead. I know with Nahiri, one of the main things that it's used for is to cheat out Emrakul specifically. So a through the breach deck, they typically have a single or a two of of Nahiri as a way to get it out as well. That your opponent has to work around. Like the Nag 2 of exiling a target enchantment, tapped artifact, or tapped creature. Very important. Um oh man. What's uh what's a big enchantment going on right now in in modern? You could hit Dryad of the Elysian Grove straight up with this. Four mana exile it. Ruins a Titan player's deck. Or ruins a Titan player's day. I don't know. I think it's a solid card. And any white red deck if you're able to get a big creature out ever cool yadaro huh? i don't know i'm on the yadaro train right now the dirtle turtle but anything like uh, that i just in a boral stack i just don't see it you shouldn't be waiting till turn six or turn seven turn yeah turn six turn seven to win with that kind of deck I just don't think. And then and in the formats that are played in, too slow of a Planeswalker. I mean, you're able to hold off into that in red-white because you'd have lightning bolts, you'd have lightning helixes, and other things like that to you know, clear the board, put, put more damage through to help keep Nahiri on. And, you know... But if you're, but if you're relying on Nahiri to win when you're running lightning bolts or lightning helixes... Your decks is running the wrong format because you're you're playing burn control when you should be just playing burn beat face. I don't know. Just me being just me being a mono red player. I just don't see an upside to this card. Maybe EDH because you can hold off until then, but not for modern or pioneer. I suppose this isn't pioneer. No, it's in Pioneer. Yep, it's Shadows. Oh, it is Shadows. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I just don't see it in those two formats. Well, one of the decks that I just pulled up is in Modern. It's called Jeskai Breach. It has Emrakul, Snapcaster Mages, has Narset Parter of Veils, Jace the Mind Sculptor, a singleton of Nahiri the Harbringer. Then it has the whole deal damage package here of flame slash lightning bolt path to exile lightning helix electrolyze then the big spells are cryptic command through the breach serum visions opt it's a way to get through your deck as well but but yeah i mean the fact that the fact that it gets the chance to cheat out something i get that it's just for me personally it's just too slow to get it yeah, yeah, no, I, I won't take that away from you. Four mana for a four loyalty that the, it's a plus two. You discard a card and draw a card. You have to discard a card to be able to draw a card because you may discard a card if you do draw a card. To- yeah, so, and most red players don't have hands because they're trying to win quickly. Unless you are playing Boros Control. Then you might have a card in hand, but 
Yeah, if you're going to be Boris yeah. Control, you're definitely going to be wanting more monastery mentors or monastery Swiss spears and soul scar mages. And I feel that definitely muddles it up because you're going to be wanting to be prowess at that point. Exactly. But clearly, the Jeskai control decks having a Nahiri. I mean, maybe in modern, uh, the the Jeskai Yorion decks wouldn't mind having a Nahiri as you know maybe the fifth or sixth copy of Luca to be able to get out Agent of Treachery or Emrakul as well. Yeah. I don't know. So it might see some might see some play. So <clears throat> in, in that deck alone, keep an eye out, folks. Wait, way to take us on a whole side tangent there, JB. Hey, I just stirred the pot. <laughs> you guys drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> so what's next on the so list? Next up, we have Rish Port. Sitting at $27.43. Record low and going down. Doesn't look like it's going down hard, but it is going down. Which is good, because I want to pick up a set of these. So I'm definitely going to keep my eye on that. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, back at back at the time of Throne of Eldrain, this card was about forty bucks. Seeing that it's dipped down an additional twenty, fifteen, and it's it's a it's a great EDH card. So next up, we have one of my least favorite cards, Ensnaring Bridge, sitting at twenty eight dollars and forty six cents, just past record low and starting to go back up. Dang, I was gonna yeah. see. It's going to suggest we all buy them out and throw them in the fire. <laughs> yes, please do. And uh, this one particularly is the Master 25 version that is uh, starting to move on its uptick. Because everybody loves Tron, said no one ever. Or maybe this is a sign that Lantern Control is going to be a thing again. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Don't be devil's advocate. Oh, I'll gladly be the devil's advocate for lantern control. <laughs> but that closes off our finance section. From there, we're going to jump into deck of the week. This deck uh, for deck of the week is brought to us on tappedout.com by user $5MTG. This deck is called Varaska's Touch. This is a budget deck. This is a budget deck. It is a budget... Budget deck. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, this is completely budget uh, Pioneer. No, it's not. Is Doomblade not Pioneer legal? Modern. This is modern. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Doom Play might be Pioneer legal, but oh, it does say Modern right up there. I don't think, yeah, yeah I don't think Doom Plate is Modern legal now. Thinking about it, so we have a budget Modern deck here. Always good to have these. This one actually has a description written up by Five Dollar MTG. So it says, "This is a super budget Death Touch deck built around Veraska Swarm's Eminence." which is the Vraska that got printed in War of the Spark. It is a two-hybrid hybrid Golgari, Vraska Planeswalker, that reads, when a creature you control with Death Touch deals damage to a player or a Planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. 
Finally, somebody giving it some love. This card is so underrated. It is a solid card. Uh, so on curve, they're gonna uh, they recommend to play Ruthless Ripper, which is a one drop one one death touch that has morph. And so you can cast it for Morph, so play three mana, and it's a face-down 2-2 creature. And then to unmorph it, you uh, reveal a black card from your hand. And then when it's turned face-up, target player loses two life. So on-curve play is Ruthless Ripper into Thrill Kill Assassin, which is a black 1-1-2 one, one, human assassin with death touch and unleash. So you may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one counter on it if it, it can't block as long as it has a plus one counter on it. And then the next turn, you cast a Grim Dancer, a new one from Akoria. When it ETBs, you get to choose from uh, two different counters from among Menace, Death Touch, and Lifelink. It is a Black Black 1 for a 3-3 Nightmare. And then on turn 4, you cast Veraska. Then you use Doomblade, Ultimate Price, and Pathway Arrows to clear out blockers and get in for plus 1, plus 1 counters. So Doomblade destroys target non-black creature for two mana. Ultimate Price destroys target monocolored creature for two mana. And then this one's an interesting one. Pathway Arrows, which is a one-drop artifact that has equipped two. Equipped creature gas, tap two, tap. This creature deals one damage to target creature. If a colorless creature is dealt damage this way, untap it. So use... you. You equip this with one of your death touch guys, and then you just start pinging them down. Uh, That's actually a really smart idea. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be talking about a couple of the other ways to increase the budget on this here in a second. But it continues on. Uh, Fullmire Mage, which is a one-drop, one-one death touch with Adventure of Black 2, where you draw a card and you lose a life. So Fulmire Mage and Read the Bones give you draw a card. Orzov Enforcer, which is a 2-drop 1-2 with Death Touch and Afterlife 1. Isaroth the Awakener. Soul of Innistrad give you Resiliency. And Sorcerer's Wand on Veraska tokens give you an immediate way to take out any other Planeswalker. Because uh, her, her neg ability is create a 1-1 black assassin creature token with death touch and whenever this creature deals damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. So uh, with Sorcerer's Wand, with that equipped to the token, it's a 1-drop equipment that equips for 3 and the equipped creature has tap. This creature deals 1 damage to target player or planeswalker. If the creature is a wizard, it deals two damage to that player planeswalker instead, but you don't care about that because you just tap that and take out any planeswalker like a Liliana or Jace or Luca. So here he talks about he here they talk about in uh, some extra bucks that you could do. You could sub in Viridian Longbow in place of the Pathway Arrows, because Viridian Longbow is a one-drop artifact that equips for three and has tap. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. You can trade Gifted Aetherborn for the Thrill Kill Assassin, because it has Death Touch and Lifelink, and it's a 2-3 instead of a 1-2. And then they recommend that at least one 
Harvester of Souls gets changed out for Orzov Enforcer or Read the Bones because Harvester of Souls, whenever another non-token creature dies, you draw a card. And with all your death touch guys that are going to be pinging and killing creatures, you're going to be drawing a bunch of cards. Let's totally give out a five buck MTG. A whole shout out here. We're going to post this whole page uh, from uh, tappedout.com. He has a whole, they have a whole list of cards ranging from, a bunch, based on a bunch of planeswalkers, it looks like here. There's Samut Zoo, Kiora's Ramp, Sahili's Stones, Arlen's Pact. I'm kind of excited to check out some of these. Gonna post the whole thing down below. Give it a check out. This deck seems pretty fun, actually. Heck yeah. Just pinging and taking out all these creatures. Because what feels better than tapping a creature and taking out a Tarmogoyf? Right. Tapping an instant speed to take out... Oh, man. Why am I drawing... Take out a prime time? I mean, they get the lands already, but... Removing a prime time is really good. Yeah. And the best part is you get to utilize your death touch without losing your creature. Exactly. That's probably moving into to red, though, with that. And this is just mono black. Because uh, I was thinking of Chandra's Ignition, which has creature, uh, a creature deal damage equal to its power to each other creature and player. So you do that with a Death Toucher, like you just board wipe. If there's a way to do that, that'd be super cool. Well, everybody, that closes out Deck of the Week. And that closes out our podcast. Another week done, another episode under our belt. We hope you're able, we were able to inform you this week. If you all have any comments, questions, concerns, send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. Follow us on all the socials, the whole nine yards. Give JB a follow on Facebook. You all got anything else to say? Well, that doesn't help that you both talk at the same time. This is why we need one mic for three schmucks in a room. Oh, God. So we need a buzzer. Hashtag three schmucks in a room. (laughs) We're working on it. Okay. Hashtag. Also do that. Questions, comments, concerns at us on Twitter. Just hashtag three schmucks in a room. We'll get back to you. (laughs) What have we started? Something terrible. Anyway, see you guys next week. Not see you, but listen to us next week. Yeah, we'll be here. See ya. Kick that outro. So make sure to follow us on all of the social medias. We have Facebook, Twitter, and then if you have questions, comments, concerns, send us a Gmail at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. We have podcasts coming up every Tuesday on the Tuesday at what, 5 a.m.? I'm just going at 6 a.m. now. Well, fine. 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Listen to it while you're eating breakfast on the way to work. Come on. Or going to bed, depending on where's work schedule. No, no, no. Not when, we're go- not when they're going to bed. Because then... We, yeah, could be the la- we could be the last voice that they hear before they go restfully to sleep. Or we put them to sleep because we're boring. Yeah, we don't One want of the that. Way. Either way, 
they'll be dreaming of us. Oh, we're inserting ourselves into your dreams. Make them want to play magic. Learning by osmosis. Exactly. Follow us. Mm-hmm.